Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness, and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. This is Tim Howard, the host of Reflect the Life You Want, and I'm especially excited today to have a personal friend of mine, Gabriel Tu. He is the author of Brilliant Faith, How Smart It Is to Believe in Jesus. So, Gabe, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. My my pleasure and privilege to be here, Tim. Yeah. Well, we've known each other, I think, probably five, six years at least. So for our listeners, Gabe and I are both members of 828 Church here in Wilmington, North Carolina. You are my small group, or we call life group leader, mm-hmm. and I've been involved with that for a number. You and I have been on the mission field together in yep. Ecuador. Um, you, you've provided leadership in uh, Christian recovery houses here in the Wilmington area. I know you kind of stepped back from executive leadership role to now a board member role and um, got some experience in healthcare administration too. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm really excited to talk about your book, your faith, um, and wherever this conversation goes. So welcome to the show. So to introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe you can give a little bit of background of who you are, where you come from, what's your personal family history and your professional history. Okay. Well, thank you. And, uh, I got to tell you, it kind of hurts that you don't remember. We've known each other for seven years. Has it been seven years? It was in 2015 that we met, and I'm just kidding. But uh, (laughs) but yeah, it was 2015 because we both started going to 828, I believe, in 2015. Yeah. I remember that because my parents had just passed, and I remember that date. And uh, and that's when you and I met. So our relationship is now seven years old. Seven years. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, Yeah, seven years ago, we would have been... Meeting at at Blair School, Blair Elementary School, mm-hmm. off yep. North Market. Yeah, yep. And then, like you said, we went on a we went on a mission trip together down to Ecuador a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I guess last year, and yeah. had a blast there. Yeah, that was. And just have connected on a spiritual level in life groups and just in conversation. Yeah, just, uh, you've been always been a uh, an encourager to me. You're you're an encourager, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've appreciated that about you in my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, so as far as who I am, I've lived in North Carolina all my life. I grew up on a farm about an hour from Wilmington, uh-huh. inland, down in Sampson County, and uh, went to college, got a music degree, have had, a, have had some experience in music as a Christian artist for a while and as a worship leader in churches, mm-hmm. went into pastoral ministry. And also went into healthcare administration. I was a nursing home administrator. Ever since 1992, I was, I've been a licensed nursing home administrator. Mm-hmm. And so I have some, some experience there, which I cherish. And uh, so, yeah, ministry and, and then healthcare administration has kind of been my tent making through the years because a lot of times you just don't make much money in ministry. So you got right. to support that somehow, mm-hmm. you know, kind of supplement it with something. And that's been my go-to for that. Yeah. So yeah, healthcare administration and uh, and pastoral ministry, and and then like you said, Christian recovery houses. I was involved in helping start that 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's a 
it's a halfway house setting for people recovering from addiction. Mm-hmm. It's like a discipleship ministry for those particular that particular demographic. Mm-hmm. And we have five houses here in Wilmington, three men's and two women's. And so uh, let me just give a, a shameless plug real quick. If you're interested or know somebody who might be interested in Christian recovery houses, christianrecoveryhouses.org is the place to go, and it will direct you in how to... Uh, how to get involved in Christian recovery houses in whatever level you want to, need to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're married to your wife, Charlene, how many years now? 35 years. I 35. definitely can't get that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and how many children and grandchildren now? We have six kids and right now four grandkids. Yeah. And we're just, you know, we're politicking for more all the time. <laughs> but Well, I, I know best your uh, son, Nate, and his wife, and Nate was on that mission trip we were on together in Ecuador, uh, yeah. April 2021. So mm-hmm. uh, you have an amazing family and uh, just great to get to know Charlene over the years with you too and just the influence you two have had on my life. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Charlene is like the person that God has used more than anyone else in my life, no yeah. question about it. Yeah. It's almost like he put her in charge of my breathing. You know, like she operates my lungs. Yeah. That's how much I depend on her and how helpful she is to me. Yes. She's just, yeah, she's a blessing to me. And so are our kids. They are, God's just blessed me so much with them and and their love that they show to us, you Mm -hmm. know, as their parents. Mm -hmm. I actually, my birthday is in three days. Mm. And uh, I was surprised this morning. I'm sitting there doing my Bible reading and my two daughters who live in New York just pop out from the kitchen and surprise me. They're here to help me celebrate ah, my birthday. That's awesome. And uh, so, yes, yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. We're gonna, they mm-hmm. said we're going to make a whole weekend of it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they have planned, but it's going to be something special. Mm-hmm. It's just great to have kids that love you, you know, and, uh, and it's a, I think it's just something that God has put in their hearts mm-hmm. to, uh, to show love and respect to their parents. It's such a blessing as a parent to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're raising kids, you're you know you're you're looking at pouring into them all the time. And honestly, I don't know about most parents, but I never really think about, never thought about, I'm going to get something back from this. This is an investment that's going to pay dividends to me. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking, I want to get them ready for life. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out sometimes, you know, that they come back and they actually do bring a, a return on investment for you. Mm-hmm that you didn't even count on, and it's such a blessing. It's just like one of those, to me, God is just full of surprises. That's mm-hmm. one of the things about him. He's just so full of pleasant surprises, and our mm-hmm. kids have definitely been one of them. Mm-hmm. And don't even get me started about the grandkids, because, man, <laughs> that's another level. Well, speaking of surprises, um, I'm going to go a place uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So... We mentioned Raise and Release Ministries you're involved with, uh, and there's actually a team down in Ecuador right now. I think they're they may be on their way back from yeah, I think Ecuador. Up now. And um, you and I have been involved with that with Tony Festa and um, primarily in mission work down in Ecuador. And we were at an event at actually at your house. We were uh, having an event to expose people more about the ministry and the opportunity. And wondered if you would just share maybe what happened that day, because I'm thinking about mm-hmm. how I've seen your family surround you with love and support even more so in the last couple of years than yeah, they ever did sure. before. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you're talking about when I had my stroke. Yeah. It was January the 4th of 2000, and we were having this get-together, like you said. Mm-hmm. We had good food, and we were just kind of making it a, uh, let's see, what's the word? Um, you're, when you're just trying to make people aware of the ministry. Right. And so we were doing that, and I was actually speaking at the time, and my left arm just gave out, and I, my microphone just fell out of my left hand down into my elbow, mm-hmm. and my speech, my mouth drooped, and my speech was slurring. Yeah. Well, I didn't pick up on any of this, but my wife came to me and said, Gabe, you might be having a stroke. Mm-hmm. And I was just in complete denial of it to begin with. Yeah. I said, I'm not having a stroke. There's no way I'm having a stroke. You know, mm-hmm. that just wasn't, I had never, I had never reserved a place for anything like that in my mind that I would have a stroke. Well, you're a very healthy guy and you're very fit. And I, I remember that day even thinking, man, Gabe's such an incredibly fit guy mm-hmm. I was, earlier in that afternoon before all that happened. So it was just such a shock. It's like, wow. How yeah. I mean, I'm not a, a former ranger like you are, <laughs> and I'm not a former Marine like Matt, our producer here is. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I've always enjoyed kind of keeping myself Taking in shape, so it was a surprise in that sense. Well, it was, it was funny. You were busting my chops a little bit around trying to remember how long we've known each other, and I remember coming to your hospital room probably a couple of days after the stroke, mm-hmm. and you were whatever medications they had. You were a little bit loopy, but it was mm-hmm. like I asked you a question, like you know, mm-hmm. do you know who I am? And, and you yeah. busted my chops by saying I was our other friend, Tony Festa. I yeah. said, I turned to Charlene, I said, he's going to be fine because yeah. you still had your great sense of humor and you're just like busting my chops. Yeah, I don't know how much of that we could blame on the medication. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know either. But I just, it was just, it just, I really, it gave me a sense of peace and calm. It's like, Gabe's going to be okay. He's going to pull through this. Yeah. Because I definitely have been. God's just been good to me through all this. Yeah. And I, uh, you and I were talking a little bit before this. Yeah. And I was telling you that uh, somebody encouraged me to write another book yeah. about my story. Yes. I was reluctant to do that because I really didn't feel like my story was this big, you know, unusual experience that people would benefit from. But um, I think they've kind of helped me see that maybe there's some things that have happened that if brought out a certain way, that it could be helpful to people. So that's what I'm doing now. Absolutely. Well, we were talking a little bit before the show, too, about your your current book, Brilliant Faith, and you and I are both a fan of using acrostics. So mm-hmm. the title of this podcast, the theme of my the Mirror Book Project with my co-author, Maria Spears, is Reflect the Life You Want, Reflects an Acrostic. Mm-hmm. But you use a couple different acrostics in your book. One is faith, mm-hmm. the five facets of brilliant faith, facets relating to the diamond that is on the cover of your book, and then uh, also the uh, acrostic Ted Easter, which, uh, Mm -hmm. so I'm just wondering what, you know, you alluded to this other book project you're going to be doing, but I'm just wondering, what have you learned in this experience that, you know, you've been so grounded in your faith to begin with, but, but what there's been challenges along the way. You know, what kind of challenges? In my stroke recovery experience. Yeah, mean? absolutely. Yeah. Um, man, so much. I think the, the main lesson that I've learned is how to press in closer to God mm-hmm. because uh, I've had challenges that I had not had before. Right. I've never been a person that was depressed, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've battled that. Mm-hmm. I've, ne- I've never had uh, anxiety, but I've battled that too. Mm-hmm. And then also paranoia. I've never been a person that 
I guess, probably cared about anything enough other than just the Lord to really worry about it and let it bother me. Mm -hmm. But somehow that's happened to me, you know, because, you know, you have a stroke and it's a brain injury. It's a brain incident. Mm-hmm. So um, you lose you lose effect in in some ways, in the you know the half a portion of your brain that it's affected. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely felt that I was uh, you know I had some paranoia, mm-hmm. anxiety, and depression that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so to battle you know to uh, how how do you respond to those challenges? And I feel like the the Holy Spirit has just led me to just turn to him and it's been a lesson in turning to God mm-hmm. and just growing closer to him because mm-hmm. every opportunity that we have to move away from God is also an opportunity to move closer to him. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I've learned. Mm-hmm. That's probably the lesson that I've learned more than anything. Yeah. But my book that I'm going to write about this experience is my working title is The One Loss You Can't Afford mm. because you know I've had loss from this, like I still can't, I still don't have full use of my left fingers. Mm-hmm. I can't open them. And I used to be a musician, like I said, and I've lost that musician, that musical ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those losses, and then there have been some, as a result of those things, some of my relationships have been affected mm-hmm. and they're, they're not all the time, you know, like I, what I'd want them to be. Mm-hmm. So all those losses you know, you look at things and you think, man, I could never do without this. I could never do without this. But what I've learned is, you know what? I can do without the use of my left hand. I really mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. I can do without the use of song, singing, playing a keyboard. There's a lot of things, so many things that I really can do without when you think about it mm-hmm. and when it comes down to it. But what I cannot do without, what I cannot lose is a good and godly attitude. Mm-hmm. So that's that one loss that I cannot afford and uh, so I'm not going to let I'm not going to lose that. That's what the Lord's put in my heart, and I'm kind of trying to convey that that in this next book. Mm-hmm. So in so spite supported. of in spite of the circumstances you've been and the challenge you've been, it's like your faith keeping you going. But it's like, and, and you and I we've talked at times about how you're an inspiration to me and to other people. You may not understand and realize fully uh, the impact of that, but it's like. We watch you, and we're just cheering you on. It's like, you keep going, Gabe. Keep going. because. Uh, now, I asked you before we started here to please not make me cry. <laughs> You're getting close. Just uh, well, I'm, I'm getting close, too, just talking about it. But it's, Yeah, you've uh, told me that. You've, you've told me that, and I didn't mm-hmm. really, really want to believe it mm-hmm. until I remember we were, in, we were in our small group meeting one night, yeah. and you said something like that to me. Yeah. And, uh, and I just, honestly, I just kind of rejected it because mm-hmm. I was like, well, Tim's just trying to encourage me, and that's nice. I know this who Tim is, yeah, but it's not really true. Mm. Until another brother of ours, yeah, came to me and said, "Listen, what Tim said to you tonight, that was a word from the Lord." Yeah, and when he said that, not that he carried any more credibility than you do, but yeah. I don't know, just something about both of you guys teaming up on me like that. <laughs> it was like the Lord just got through to me, yeah, to encourage me, and it was very nice. Well, it is. Um... I can't imagine, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I don't have that frame of reference of going through the kind of loss, some of the physical things and some of the mental things, the emotional things. But for me, it's like I just keep seeing you striving to keep doing your absolute best for Charlene, for your children, for your ministry, uh, your work and stuff like this. And though it's affected you physically and mentally some, it's like in some ways 
I'm more impacted by you now than I was before. Because I appreciate I've, you saying that. Yeah. One thing I would say is that because of my stroke, and I really wrestle in my mind, you know, would I go through this, would I choose to go through this again or not? Yeah. Like if it was my choice. Yeah. Which is re- really neither here nor there because I don't have that choice. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I'm closer now to the Lord than I was before my stroke. Mm-hmm. And if God can use that in that way, then I'll take it. Yep. You know? Yep. Well, we're we're kind of dancing around an idea from um, ahead of the, the show I asked you to you know, of the reflect life you want, the reflect acrostic, which element of the reflect acrostic most resonated with you? And you said that the C chapter or clarify your inner circle yeah. seemed to resonate the most. I'm wondering what is it about that set of ideas that speaks to you um, that you could share with our listeners now? Maybe it's just that, I'm sorry. Maybe it's just that what I've been through Maybe I value people in my life now more than I used to. Yeah. Because, you know, I woke up from my stroke. I went to the hospital. They did surgery on me. I woke up out of the surgery, and standing all around my bed was my whole family. Yeah. And my kids at that time, we have six kids. All of them, none of them, no two of them were living in the same state. They were all over the country, and they were all there within a night's notice. Yeah. And uh, so I got that. You were there soon. Other friends were there soon. Yeah. And I just felt the outpouring of love, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and here's another thing people would say to me, you know, people are responding to you because of the kind of man you are. Mm-hmm. And I totally rejected that. And I still do because I believe those people responding to me because what God had put in their hearts, mm-hmm. it wasn't a response to me. It was something, it was, it was real love that takes initiative mm-hmm. that does, that isn't just reciprocal. Mm-hmm. You don't just love somebody because somebody's loved you. Right. But, I mean, I guess you do because we love because God has loved us. Right. But we don't just love him back. We love forward to other people as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what was happening for me. And I think maybe that's why the, you know, clarifying your circle, your inner circle resonates so much with me. Because, mm-hmm. man, I really had a tight inner circle for several months there after my stroke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't one that I even. I mean, it wasn't even intentional that I something that I formed. You know, the way that we do kind of form our mentor team for ourselves. Mm-hmm. It just happened. It was the Lord, and it was people just responding to His Spirit. I believe. Yeah, I remember one of your daughters stayed for quite a while, right? Yeah, like she just put her life on hold. Mm-hmm. Didn't go back to Boston, but she stayed with me for a couple of months just to mm-hmm. help me out. Yeah, of course she was kind of bossy. But you know, <laughs> probably what I needed. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there were probably moments where it was, it was probably uh, work, working through all those things. You probably needed to hear some things that were hard to hear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're part of my inner circle, you know, and um, it's like you're one of those guys that um, I look to. Um, you're one of those people I, I might come to for advice on something, or it's like, you know, I'm struggling with this, Gabe. Well, you know, what would your thoughts be? And, and we had one conversation about something um, that really impacted me. Uh, shoot, it's been a couple of months ago, but there was something I was kind of, I felt called to do for you, and I didn't take that action, mm-hmm. but I then I came and had a follow-up conversation with you, and I was so glad I did because it's like, oh, I needed to hear what Gabe had to share because he'd had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. And it's now it's like, 
I won't miss out on an opportunity again, mm-hmm. having had that conversation. Because I know if if that is tugging at my heart or that mind comes to my mind, something yeah. and I'm supposed to take that action, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. So yeah, can we talk specifically yeah. about what that was? I yeah. think there may be some absolutely helpful, something helpful in that. Yeah. So for me, it was um, I felt. One Sunday, we were actually we were at church together, and I felt like I was, I felt like I should go just pray for healing over your body, and it wasn't like something from within me. I felt like it was something Holy Spirit speaking to me, something coming to me externally, and I kind of doubted myself. I was like, "Who me? Like my? How, what could I do?" And so I didn't take that action. So then I think I a week or two later, I said something, I need to share something with you. And then we were out at mm-hmm. your house right. for something. We, we might have had another raise and release minute. Yeah. And I shared with you what I had not done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you shared a story, something similar that you maybe you could share oh, right yeah. now. Yeah, so I remember, man, this was years ago. I was in church like I was... Uh, this was the church that we were part of before we moved to Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And after church, always in our church, people just kind of hung around, which is a cool thing, and just hung around and talked. Mm-hmm. And this particular Sunday, I was standing around talking with people, and my my attention was directed over to this particular person, and I thought I should go over and speak to him. Well, this was somebody that I was not close to at all, he was the he was just a boyfriend of one of the single ladies in our church. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know him, uh, so I just kind of blew that off. Well, it came back to my mind again, and even stronger. Well, I know now that was the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. bringing that to me. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I I just wasn't. I you know I guess I was just. I don't know. Just kind of obtuse, I guess, and mm-hmm. was not getting it at all, and I totally blew it off again. And that night, we also had a Sunday night service every Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That night, we came to church, and I learned that this man had gone home and written a note and taken his life. Mm. So, I mean, my, my story is much more tragic than yours is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you want to talk about making mistakes, most people are lightweights compared to me. <laughs> if, we want to, if we really want to, seriously, if we want to talk yeah. about making mistakes, yeah. man, I can have that conversation. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in that case, yeah, that was tragic. Well, I think that the key th- thing for me is that you and I being able to have that conversation mm-hmm. openly, candidly as friends. Um, but the takeaway then for me was like, okay, when I'm prompted for something, and I've been prompted with other people too, and, and I have taken mm-hmm. action uh, to pray for healing. It's not a gifting I necessarily would have ever mm-hmm. thought of, but mm-hmm. something happened couple years ago that kind of changed my life that since then occasionally this happens Mm -hmm. so that happened again one Sunday uh and I I did take action I did come pray for healing for you over that situation but it's um I guess the takeaway for me is that you know we're going to be prompted at times Mm -hmm. you know yeah Holy Spirit Lord's going to speak to us it's like don't doubt that yeah don't doubt that. That's, you you yeah, have unique giftings a, and talents, and they're meant to be... We think how often somebody just comes to your mind. Yes. I do not believe that's random. Right. I don't believe in random, because God is involved in everything, I believe. Yes. 
And so, yeah, just just as often as that happens, I believe the Holy Spirit is putting that person on our minds. Mm-hmm. My experience is he would really like for me to contact the person, but then if I can't or if I'm so stubborn that I just won't right then, yeah. I should at least pray for them. Yeah, I feel like that's what God is doing when he does that. Yeah, I had a, a business conversation this morning, and it's like I call up a real estate colleague, I'm in the midst of a transaction, and she says, your ears must have been burning. We were just talking about you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, that's that happens all the time. And, uh, and I agree with you. I don't think there is anything happens by chance. I, I feel yeah. like people come into our lives for a reason. And um, you've yeah. been a big impact on my life the last few years. So, Well, thank appreciate. you, brother. And, wi- and likewise, Yeah, I appreciate everything. Yeah, so one of the two questions I like to ask my guests you know, you've you've been on this journey. You've been on as a leader, as a father, uh, healthcare administration leader, Christian recovery house leader. You've been influential in different ministries. Um, but I'm imagining, like right now, at this stage of your life, you're working on continuing to be your best self. Mm-hmm you know, make the greatest impact that you can for the kingdom. And I'm wondering, what is one thing that you're working on, maybe from a practical standpoint, to reflect more of the life that you want to live? I think I just have to say um, that um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that I just don't get. I know that. Mm-hmm. There's things I don't get that I don't even know that I'm not getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how bad it is. <laughs> but... One of the things that I think I get is that you got to have it in you if you're gonna, you know, if, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna do something for someone else, you got to have that very thing in yourself. Yes. And so uh, I believe my goal or my calling and my purpose in my life is just to help people walk closely with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not doing that myself, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I guess the practical thing that um, that happens for me. In that regard, is every morning, you know, I I've become disciplined over the years. When I was pastoring, I really felt the Lord wanted me to spend three hours every morning with Him mm-hmm. before I did anything else, and I developed that habit. And so uh, I've just continued with that, con- continued with that through the years. And uh, I really that's my that's my um, most enjoyable time of the day, that early morning time, just mm-hmm. with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, just having that time where I'm feeding on his word and just, you know, connecting with God and letting him say to me and do in me what he wants to do and say. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the thing in my life that I feel like is uh, that I'm sowing some pretty good seeds into. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would definitely, you know, I mean, everybody's not going to get up and spend three hours in the morning with the Lord. Mm-hmm. When I first considered that, I thought it was ridiculous. Mm. This can't be God. He would never ask me to do something like this. It's, yeah. it's just too much. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, and I embraced it slowly. It took the Lord a while, as is the case most of the time with me. It took him a while to get it across to me and get me to really embrace it. But um, I think, uh, you know, whatever God is saying to people, whatever he's leading them in, whether it sounds ridiculous to begin with or not, you know, part of that that he's going to do is going to be, part of what he's going to call us to is going to be that we're connecting closely with him. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be a factor in mm-hmm. everybody's situation. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage everybody to 
to just seek God about how, you know, because it's not a cookie cutter. Don't take my my model and use it as a cookie cutter because it's just not going to, you know, God has a specific plan for every person. Mm-hmm. But just seek the Lord about it. He's the one that has the plan for us all. Yeah. And find that that plan of his for he, connecting with him. Yeah. To me, I think that's the most important thing in the world. Well, you're touching on the the kind of the element of the L chapter, love love yourself and let others know you love them. And as we believe, you know, God is a source of love, you know, mm-hmm. and he wants what is best for us. His dreams over our life are much bigger than we own. But I, like you, believe that he has implanted within me certain gifts and talents mm-hmm. that are not for my benefit, but for his mm-hmm. and for the kingdom, and that for us to be able to make contribution in the world, whether it's our family, our business, or local, yeah. whatever ministry we're involved mm-hmm. in, or wherever we go, it's like we've got to cultivate that. So we have to take that time. We have to be intentional mm-hmm. about yeah. being aware of that so that we can be our absolute best to show love towards others, every person we encounter mm-hmm. throughout the day. So yeah. that's that's some amazing discipline that you've you've developed over those years. I, really, it's just something that God's put in my heart to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really can't take credit for any of that. Yeah, that's all Him. Uh, Let me can I tell a story real quick? Yes, though? sir. I'll try to make it quick. Absolutely. It's actually in the book Brilliant Faith. Yeah, and it's what you were touching on about how we're we're doing things for the benefit of God and mm. for His kingdom, right. not just for ourselves. Right. Well, when I was pastoring Grace Harbor Church here in Wilmington, I had a staff member for a time. And this, he was a really difficult person to lead. Mm. It was just like whatever I would suggest, he would kind of buck it. Yeah. And I felt like I always had pushback. Yeah. And so uh, I would just, you know, a lot of times I would go home to Charlene and I would complain about this person. Mm. And, um, and then one day the Lord, I was in prayer and the Lord direct me, directed my thoughts to this person and said, I brought you gold. And you pr- and you complained that you had to polish it, mm. and uh, so obviously that changed my whole my whole opinion and perspective on this person. Mm. I treated him differently from that point on. Mm-hmm. I began to stop complaining about him, but more invest in him. Mm-hmm. And um, but I never saw a change not not at all, not one bit did I see a change. Mm-hmm. And then down the road, a couple more years, I just realized one day, you know that. Hey, I I made changes in the way I approached this person, but I don't see any change in them. So I asked the Lord about that. I said, Lord, how was this person gold to me? Mm. And what I heard back was, he wasn't gold to you. He's gold to me. Mm. And so, uh, man, I just felt, you know, about this tall when the Lord said (laughs) that to me. But, um, you know, it's always good, even if it humbles you, Maybe yeah. especially if it humbles you, it's always good to hear from the Lord. Yeah. I felt like I clearly did that day, and he showed me that all these things that we're doing, they're not just for us individually. Mm-hmm. They're for him and his kingdom, yeah. and if we'll just release all that to him and just be mm-hmm. faithful to what he wants us to do, mm-hmm. man, the the return will be so much greater than anything we could have ever calculated or intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're speaking to the the R chapter, the reflect the life you want acrostic is recognizing the power change. Sometimes the change that comes about is a change that needs to happen within us mm. rather than circumstances or the other person. Yeah, right. It's like uh, being open to the possibility of that. Uh, 
but that's a powerful story. It's like, I brought you gold. Yeah, a little bit of a spoiler there when you get to that. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but I'd look forward to reading your book. Yeah, you know, you've got all these these chapters that yeah. touch on, I'm sure, so many things that I can relate to. Yeah, what is something that now to this point in life, and you've you've had a lot of change in the last couple of years, especially. So you're talking about what are you working on each day to reflect more of the life you want. I'm wondering if there's like one piece of wisdom that you would pass on to somebody else or one of your children or someone you get, you connect with through ministry. Like what is that one piece of life wisdom that you have to this point in life that you encourage other people to do to reflect more of the life they want? Well, I've gotten caught up a lot, you know, too much in looking backward Mm. and thinking what would I've done differently. Mm -hmm. And there can be some merit in that, I believe, Mm -hmm. but you just can't camp out there. Right. And I've been guilty of that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's healthy, though, to to look back and say, for the benefit of advice for someone else, mm-hmm. what would I have done differently? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, I guess, one thing with two parts that mm-hmm. I always think about that I would have done differently knowing now, what I, knowing th- if I'd known them what I know now. Mm-hmm. And that is, I would have come to the Lord sooner, mm-hmm. and, I've come, and I would have walked with Him with more intensity and devotion. Mm-hmm. So it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I can take my own advice going forward. You know? <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Yeah. yeah. Well, Brilliant Faith, um, I've, I've been reading it. I've, I've got a copy. I've had you autograph it for me uh, before I left for Ireland. I need to finish it. But, um, you know, it's for me, it's like when I get to read this, and I know I have a little bit of history with you, so I know a little, little bit of your personal story, but it's like when I get to read this and understand this, it just gives me greater understanding who you are as a person mm-hmm. and how committed you are to your faith and how committed you are to helping others. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a role model for me. So, you're, you know, you're part of that inner circle that it's like, okay, Gabe's one of those guys that, I know I can count on, I can go to, and I can also be a friend for, um, if need be, on something. So I encourage people just to um, go out and get a copy. Is there anything that's like popping up right now that we either we haven't talked about or you thought we might talk about that you'd want to share? Um, the thing that comes to my mind, I, had, I didn't really anticipate that we would talk about this. Yeah. But just to let you know what I'm doing now as a writer, because yeah. I, I was... Okay, here's the kind of writer I was in school. Yeah. In high school as a senior, I was pretty good in English, and I had like a 100 average the first half of the year. Yeah. So then I calculated what I, what I would have to do to be able to graduate, <laughs> and I, I realized that I could not write a term paper and still graduate. Uh, so that's what I did. I didn't write my term paper, didn't turn it in. The teacher came to me. She said, Gabe, you're going to have to write a term paper. I said, I'm not going to. I can still pass and not write a term paper. She said, well, let's go to the principal's office. They sat down and said, listen, we're making a rule right now. You have to write a term paper to graduate. <laughs> so that's why I wrote my term paper. Uh, so writing was something, never something that I saw myself doing. But as a pastor, you know, you'd preach these series, and sometimes you'd, you'd kind of do something that you would think, and maybe somebody else would affirm in you that that might be good in writing somehow in mm-hmm. some form. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got the vision for writing. And then I I stepped down from pastoring and put my focus on writing. And uh, 
and writing has become a passion of mine. So, mm-hmm. so what I want to do now, I feel like what God has for me for the rest of my life is to write. Mm. I mean, if I get to speak, if I get to preach, great. But I really feel like I'm called to write now. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing for for the foreseeable future, I have seven more books planned. Wow. And one of them is the book we talked about, you know, with the working title, The One Lost You Can't Afford. Mm-hmm. But then I also have, I w- my goal is to write a book with every, like co-write with every member of my family. Charlene and I want to write a book on parenting. Wow. And one on marriage. Mm-hmm. I say we want to. I'm still trying to kind of convince her to do that. <laughs> You're on board. We got. I'm get on your... <laughs> board. Yeah, I got to get my other teammate on board. Uh, yeah. But then I, I have a I have a book planned with one of my sons, another one of my sons, one of my daughters, and uh, and then I have a like a child's book planned for my grandkids. That's awesome. And so I've got seven books planned now going forward, mm-hmm. and just manage. I've got to learn how to, you know, manage. Talk about doing, you know, managing multiple projects. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't write seven books at the same time. Right. I don't think. But who knows? Who knows? So I've got to figure that out. Yeah. And um, so, but that's why that's where my focus is now and going forward is to try to help mm-hmm. each person in my family become a writer. Because, and let me say this because I feel like we're probably getting close to the end because I'm mm-hmm. just waxing on here. <laughs> but um, I would just encourage anybody who is considering writing a book to write it. Yeah. Especially if it's your story. Yeah. Because I think what I see over and over and over is we can be surprised at how impactful our stories mm-hmm. can be. Yes. Yes. I know you're involved in something um that brings that point out a lot. Yes. The power of people's stories. Yes. I guess this podcast one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it. It really is, and you know, my goal, and we talked about this a little bit ahead of the show, is that you know, my goal is that through our conversation, sharing stories, we're going to impact somebody's life. Yeah. Somebody that's going to get an opportunity to, to hear your story, your experiences, is going to be affected. They're either going to want to get to know you more, they're going to want to read your book, or they're going to be changed immediately mm. by something that you've said. Uh, so that's always my wish and prayer. Um, for each one of these episodes. So so if people want to buy and get their own copy, I've got a copy of The Brilliant Faith, How Smart It Is to Believe in Jesus by S. Gabriel II. How's the best way to order these? I'm kind of excited because I just did a Google search yesterday and it came up. All right. And that had not been the case. So your SEO so you is just, moving up. I guess so. Yeah. I don't understand all that stuff, but yeah, <laughs> evidently. But so uh, you can just search it. But um, I know that Amazon has it. Yep, Amazon. And uh, Barnes and Noble has it. Books a Million has it. And I, I just saw the, one of the ones that came up in my search was Thrift Books. Okay. So they have it as at a little bit of a discounted price. Okay. So you might want to go there or one of the other discount mm-hmm. sites. And you you have your own website now, right? For I your... do. It's Gabriel Two dot com. Yeah. Yeah. I post my blog. I, I, I write a weekly blog, mm-hmm. and uh, you can see that there. Yeah, and you can. Um, there's information there. You can't order it from us online. We're just not set up for that yet. Mm-hmm. But you can get information about where to order it. We have links there. You can just click on and yeah. go to the site and, and order it. So go to gabriel2.com to read his weekly blog, and you've got links to mm-hmm. order the book, or go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Thrift Books, and get your own copy of Brilliant Faith uh, by Gabriel Two. Mm-hmm. Well, Gabe, it's been an honor to have you as a guest of the show, and uh, 
honor to have you as a friend and uh, appreciate you and Charlene in my life so much. Thank you, brother. And uh, thanks for making this so easy for me. I was a little nervous. You know, I've never done this before. You're so good at it. (laughs) You're doing great, man. Well, hopefully you'll get an opportunity to be uh, a guest of other people's podcasts and help get the word out and people get a chance to read your book. So I just encourage all my guests just to go out and reflect the life you want. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks again for having me. Amen.